and some of the challenges is really understanding, are you going to pick the right technology? And then also, once you pick the right technology, do you have the ability to manage that data? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to optimize your system or, or increase reliability of your system? So that's really where, where consultants like GHD uh, Digital come in. We'll establish a, ro a roadmap initially, and we'll use some of our digital solutions to tell clients exactly where they need to start uh, through some of our solutions. And then everything that we do really is really connected through that roadmap. So we'll help identify underperforming meters, know where we need to start with those installations, and then we'll start getting into the distribution system, looking at pipes. How do you manage your pressure? How do you manage your leaks? How do you improve water quality? So through this roadmap that we initially developed for, for cities and utilities, really sets us apart from, from our competitors, because again, it shows where you need to start, really explains why you're starting, right. and then shows that, that vision of where you would like to be five, 10 years from now. Welcome to the Environmental Transformation Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders, climate champions, and sustainability professionals who are making an impact in their businesses today. Each leader is solving complex challenges and providing solutions within their respective areas of expertise. And here's our host, Sean Grady. Hello, ET Nation. I'm excited to announce that I've updated my website that provides listeners more access to episode content and information about the podcast. Please take a moment and visit the website and sign up for email notifications and blog postings. Also, check out our sponsors page to see who supports the show. We can't thank these industry leaders enough. Finally, I would really appreciate if you would take a moment and post a review and rate the podcast episodes either from my website or from within your podcast app. This helps the podcast get more exposure on Apple Podcasts and other podcast networks. Also, please send me comments and recommendations on topics that you want to hear about. I hope you enjoy the new website, so check it out at www.seankgrady.com. Welcome to the podcast today. Today's guests are... Freddie Guerra, he is the North American digital water leader for GHD. And we have Rick Rallier, and he is our North American water loss smart water lead. And he has over 18 years of experience. Uh, Freddie's got over 30 years experience in the business. So, you know, we've got a lot of experience here on the table uh, or in the, on the call today. We're here to talk about advanced metering infrastructure and the technology innovations around that and, and how GHD is helping clients solve those problems. So Freddie, let's, uh, or Rick, you know, let's dive into the conversation here. What is advanced metering infrastructure for the listeners? Uh, thanks, Sean, and, and great to be here, of course. You know, in a, in a short nutshell, you know, data on your water usage is collected at your meter. And that data is then encrypted and sent uh, via a signal to a collector. And, and that could be uh, something on a, on a um, water tank. It could be a cellular, it, it, it could be, um, you know, any number of things, you know, there, and then the water re utility receives that secure data on regular intervals, typically every 15 minutes. And then it's sent to the utility billing system to create a bill for, for the customer. Um, 
you know, and that data can also be used um, to identify suspected leaks, uh, irregular water pat patterns, uh, water pressure issues, you know, or trends in water use that could be used to help the facility improve efficiency. And, um, and then that, that water data can also be used um, to, uh, can be available to view through a customer portal and then the customer can see their water use. That's kind of it in a nutshell. Okay. So, you know, like where I live, uh, they, we have a water utility and I know that, uh, do they just take daily readings, monthly readings? I mean, I, I'm assuming it's like a monthly, you know, reading of how much water I can, at least that's what comes out on my bill. So I was curious, you know, is there advantages of having, you know, very granular readings uh, with this AMI infrastructure? Well, absolutely. If you're trying to, you know, typically if you're doing a um, just, you know, the old, the old style manual reading, which which there are many utilities using right now, a very big one in Washington, uh, you're you're getting one read. It could be every every quarter. And, 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 and that, you know, so so nobody's seeing the trends in their water use and how their water is being used. If you can get a water read every 15 minutes, um, then you the utility and the customer can see maybe there's a pattern of water loss. Maybe somebody, you know, the utility can use that information to call the customer and say, Hey, you've had continuous water use for 48 hours. Maybe somebody left a hose bib on in the backyard, that simple. Uh, so there's a lot of customer relations involved. Um, and, and if you get more, the more reads you get, the more you can use that data, as I discussed earlier, uh, for leak detection, for pressure management, for things like that. Sure. No. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and you talk about people and some utilities still doing the old school. Like I'm, I've got the water guy, the meter, you know, made coming out and checking yep. my meter, you know, and I, you know, I think, like you said, there are still people doing that, but yep. you know, how Freddie has this evolved over the past 15 years with utilities and, and potentially utilizing AMI to help their business? Well, Sean, great question. And thank you again uh, for having us on this morning. You know, one thing I wanted to mention is that these initial deployments have occurred between 2005 and 2012. So you know, it's taking a while for the, the technology to evolve, but it's, it's evolving quickly in the past five years. And I'll just give you some quick examples. In, in the past, what we were talking about originally, those smart meters would only transmit information one way. So there was only one way communication. Okay. Now with, with the evolution of, of, of AMI 2.0 and beyond AMI, we now have the ability to have two-way communication. So what does that really mean? So for example, if a utility wanted to ping a meter, they could just press the button and get that information. So you know, if they wanted to know what the water consumption was, you know, two hours, you know, into the future, they could ping it then and get that information. But more importantly, th there's also added features to these smart meters. Some now have remote closed valves. So oh. now the utility can just press a button and, and slowly close that valve to shut off water at a home. So again, that's the value of the two-way communication. The other way this has evolved too is now, a lot of utilities, consultants, vendors, and, and contractors are now viewing smart meters as the, the backbone for a smart water utility. So now, instead of looking at a water meter as a meter, now we really look at it as a sensor. And we'll talk right. about this later, but some of these water meters now have sensors that are able to register temperature, pressure, along with, with water consumption. 
So imagine, you know, a city that deploys maybe 10,000 meters or 500,000 meters like Miami-Dade County will be doing in the near future, having the ability to now understand where water's being used, how it's being used, and why it's being used will allow them to optimize their system and, and really drive better decision-making. And then the last few things I was going to mention too is, you know, a big part of, of how uh, AMI has evolved is through analytics and machine learning. When you think about it and what Rick had mentioned, you know, there's some utilities that only take one meter read every month. And believe it or not, there's some in the U.S. that take one meter read every three months. So imagine now having the ability to collect data points every 15 minutes. What are you going to do with all that data? Well, now we have the ability to analyze that information. And like Rick had mentioned, start analyzing that data, identifying different patterns, also predicting. So through, through this, we now have the ability to understand what's going on, predict what may happen. And if something does happen, what do we do? And wow. then the, the last evolution of, of, of AMI uh, today is really about customer engagement. Yep. In, in the past, really the way AMI originated was, in, especially in the state of California, is that they wanted the ability to give the ability to customers to understand how much energy they were using. And that trans translated into or transitioned into the, the water industry. So now it's no longer about knowing how much water you're consuming, but how and when, and, and really how, how can I use my water more efficiently? How can I conserve it? So now it's about be changing behavior versus just knowing how much water you're using. Yeah, no, that, that's really interesting. Great, great uh, take on that. Um, hey, Sean, can I just add one thing? Sorry. Yeah, um, go ahead, Rick. <laughs> uh, there's also a couple factors of safety involved. Um, we're, we, we've been working uh, some with an uh, agency in, in DC that has, you know, 400,000 meters. Those are all read manually. And they're the greatest workman's compensation claims that come are from those guys that are out there manually reading the meters. Mm. Uh, you know, they're walking streets, you know, from, I don't know, getting hit by a car, different things like that. Or, tripping or, over something in the, you know, over, right. very simple. <laughs> maybe and, getting and mugged, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then as Freddie was mentioning with the remote shutoff, um, depending on what areas you go into, we did a project um, actually in South Central LA quite a few years ago when I was with my previous firm. And, you know, those are not the safest areas to go into. And when you have to go shut somebody's water off, and you're manually doing that, you never know what you're going to run into. Oh. And by being able to do that remotely, it can help your, you know, your staff also in a safety. Well, and, yeah. I mean, just think about it. if you're a utility, especially in a big municipality, yeah. um, you know, rental mm -hmm. rent, renters are changing homes and, and their locations constantly turning the water off, turning it on. I mean, you know, a utility probably is nonstop, always busy with, you know, shutting on or turning on water, shutting off and turning on. I, I, that to me is like a huge benefit to have the ability just to hit the button, turn it off. They stop clocking the, the water going into the place. They can bill them appropriately, close out the account. I mean, that's got to be a big deal. It is. And also um, one other thing, um, your, if your staff is spending all their time reading meters and, and also that, that one in D.C., the amount of rereads they have to do because they go out and manually read it. Then they come back and then the customer says, calls them up and says, Hey, my, why is my water usage so high? Well, who knows why? Maybe Johnny left, you know, the hose bib on in the backyard, but they have to send a person out there again to do a reread and right. look at the meter. 
and and that can all be changed with AMI. And you're, you you can then use your staff for more important things like checking for leaks, doing your valve turning exercises. There's all kinds of things that your staff can be doing, uh, your field staff that they're not doing. And you know, as we know, the utilities are not can't just keep hiring people to do different things. They need to use their staff, you know, um, in the right way. Sure, sure. Well, you know, kind of like a lot of the topics or the, the I guess the the concerns around the need to have AMI, you know, how is ESG driving the water sector and utilities to assess or reassess their priorities in this space by really actually adopting and deploying AMI? I, I think it comes down to two things, really about water affordability. And you hear a lot about this throughout North America. You know, can a household or individual really afford to pay their water bill? And through through AMI, it that really helps because, again, you, you can ping your, your water usage every day, mm-hmm. uh, every hour if you wanted, but you, you get better understanding of how much water you're exactly using. And then you can manage your bill at the end of the month so that, you know, if you do have a two or $300 bill, you, you understand that it's going to happen versus, you know, it just coming in the mail at the end of the month and, and really not knowing how much water you've been using. So really, I think it, it helps address water affordability. And then the other big one, too, is water equity. So, you know, water affordability is the financial side of it. Water equity is really about being fair and just. Does everybody have the same level of service? So by, you know, installing these AMI systems throughout an entire city, town, or utility, you're ensuring that everybody gets the same level of service. Everybody's going to get that same read, be able to to tap into their phones, uh, sorry, their meters via their phones to get that information. And then also, again, when there's extreme weather event, you know, the possibility of, of a utility or city shutting down those fa- those meters to ensure there's no cross-contamination. But again, when you look at ESG and, and the way AMI is, is supporting that, it's really through ensuring water affordability and water equity. Well, I, I was going to touch on water scarcity too, right? I mean, what about that? That, that seems to be a risk there as well that um, it could help out with. And, and, and that's correct. So... You know, I I live in North Texas and, you know, just recently in the past 10 years, they built two new reservoirs here, which is really unheard of. And it's really due to water demand and and that water supply in the the future and addressing water scarcity. Mm -hmm. But again, with AMI, you know how much water you're using. You can manage your water use more efficiently, conserve water. So again, AMI does have a big impact on, on addressing water scarcity. Gotcha. Well, Rick, hey, why are some utilities slow to adopt AMI? Well, and, and there's there's lots of there's lots of reasons. We've run across different agencies where they don't, you know, they don't want to um, have their uh, staff lose their jobs. These guys are out walking and doing water meters. We try to convince them that they're not going to. They just have to be re you know, reassigned to do different things, but um, that can be a big driver. Just, just that simple thing of you've got 15 guys that are out reading meters and they're all going to lose their jobs. And, you know, they, they, their managers don't want them to do that. Um, There can be, you know, it's a cost. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, $500 per meter to go to AMI, 400,000 meters is a, you know, $200 million project. That's a very big project. And there's other job. We're working with a, a agency in, in down in Lake Forest in Southern California, where, you know, 
they say, hey, we have this, these, this other, these other projects we need to do. We have to spend money on. Um, it could be a technology issue. Uh, they have to, um, they have to change their, all their systems, you know, possibly, you know, do their existing systems, will they work with the new AMI system? Yeah. Or do they have to change out their current billing system? Do they have to change out some of their other software um, programs? And so it sounds they, like it's a kind of a complex evaluation that needs to take place for utility to adopt it. Because like you said, You've got financial interests. Yeah. You've got technology interests. You've got, you know, data management interests. You've got, you know, how do I synthesize this data for management purposes? I mean, there seems to be a lot to go into making this change. But it seems to me, though, at the end of the day, the ROI for the deployment of AMI, I think, I mean, just on the service outweighs a lot of these, you know, these, these stumbling blocks, right. Where, you know, right. utilities are struggling. Um, how are we positioning this ROI in a way, you know, with GHD, with our clients to really, you know, embrace this technology? Well, so, I, I would just say one thing, sorry, Fred, and, and you can, you can jump in, but um, you know, I think it, it goes all the way back to water loss. I mean, and, and that's, that's, that's a big part and that's where AMI can help. I mean, they, there are agencies, um, we're working in like Doha, in Qatar, there's Saipan, there's all kinds in America where you have over 50% water loss. So you're oh. losing, you're, you're, you're pumping that water or pulling it in, you're treating that water. So there's energy chemicals, you're sending that water out into your system and losing half of it. You know, if you were driving your car and you filled up your gas tank and only half of the gas made it in and the rest filled out. You, you would you would freak out right yes. and so, so I think AMI you know can help with that and and what it does is when you're doing your feasibility study and looking at your business case and looking at your return on investment that's the first thing you do is you look at your water loss maybe you start testing your waters you make sure your data is is correct and then and then you move on from there and that and that's a big driver I think that you know coming from the water loss industry. Freddie? Freddie has something to say too. Yeah, so, so Sean, you know, going back to your question about ROI and efficiency, I think some, some of the other things too uh, that, that uh, Rick had mentioned too, you know, the biggest one is operational efficiency. So right. we, do, we do look at water loss. It's about apparent losses and real losses. So what are apparent losses? That's really, if, if you're, is your meter underperforming? Is it, is it turning, in, you know, in the right direction and at the right speed? You know, there, there's a lot of consensus out there that, you know, meters begin to degrade over a certain, you know, period, which may or may not be true. But the thing is, is, is when we look at, at return on investment and efficiency, it is about water loss. It's about apparent losses and underperforming meters and real losses in your distribution system. But really where, where the, the greatest returns come in is, again, if you have a large uh, crew that goes out and actually reads the meters, obviously there's a significant cost savings by having them reskilled and retooled to do other things. I think the other things uh, that, that when we look at ROI and, and efficiency is about improved uh, uh, billing. So as I mentioned before, some of these meters are underperforming. So you may be losing revenue in, in that a, a regard. So again, having the ability to have new meters registered correctly, you're recapturing that lost revenue. Um, and then a few other things about ROI, when you look at customer engagement is, is another big one too, is 
you know, you're actually deploying the system to enhance customer experience. So the more people that you have participating in your portal, using that information, your return on investment is going to be greater. And then the last thing I was going to mention is really about system optimization. It's not only about better meter reading and billing, right, right. but really it's optimizing your system with this information. Like I mentioned, now you know where the demand is occurring. Right. You know, do you, do you, is, is your pressure too high or are your pumps, you know, pumping full speed when there's no demand, right. but really understanding that you can optimize your system. So that's part of that payback too. And identifying where those leaks are too, is so you can send crews out to solve those, you know, problems where, where they're, where they're happening. Uh, that would be huge, great, you know, great information to have at your fingertips. Today's episode is sponsored by Cascade Environmental. Cascade's Compass Corporate Sustainability Program has been helping consultants balance economic, social, and environmental impacts of remediation on projects since 2014. Achieve your sustainable remediation goals by drawing on Cascade's leading national capacity, technical expertise, and their performance-focused approach to support any stage of your project lifecycle. When looking for a firm that can help you meet your sustainable remediation goals, then look no further than Cascade Environmental. To learn more, go to www.cascade-env.com. That's www.cascade-env.com. You know, when I think about it, all this information comes in. Um, what about adopting some sort of a platform for a utility to take this information, to manage it properly, to train them on? Because that to me seems to be probably a piece that we're not, you know, we're kind of haven't really discussed yet. But how do utilities adopt a platform that with all this information coming into the system, because they're not going to be sophisticated enough to create one for sure, right? So talk a little bit about how or what's out there in the industry for that. Uh, I, so, so initially, that there are meter management data systems that, that AMI vendors will provide. And really, that's all that information coming into one uh, location. Right. And it'll, t it'll help you manage the meter health and kind of look at consumption patterns. But the, the, the real thing that, that utilities should be looking for in the near future, and some are already doing this, is leveraging a smart water platform. And, and, and really, it's a digital twin. So now right. you have the ability of bringing in all your AMI information into the centralized platform, GIS, work order system, SCADA information, going all into one central location. So now you have visibility of what, what's going on. Uh, not only from a, a meter reading and billing perspective, but really in operations, again, knowing what, what's out there. So you're starting to see a lot of vendor, AMI vendors pair up with uh, software providers that provide the, these overarching platforms. And one great example of that is what uh, Census and Xylem are doing. They recently partnered with GoAgua, which is, I consider, one of the leading platforms for a digital twin. But they have the ability, again, to bring in that AMI information. Like I mentioned before, Smart meters are really the backbone of a smart water utility, but without having that overarching platform, you're never going to have visibility or control and having that ability to really optimize your systems. Gotcha. So, so there's, there are tools and solutions out there to help utilities manage this, but I guess now a utility is going to have to hire a really sophisticated, smart, you know, <laughs> digital person to actually help actually manage this business for them too, because you know, a lot of these guys are rural communities. They don't really have a big, uh, you know, 
pool of talent to pull from. They really can dive into these types of capabilities. You know, what, what is, what does the utility do with that? So, you know, you know, that's a good question. And, and, and more and more, like Ed mentioned, a lot of the, the initial uh, uh, AMI developments were really a, a AMR or deployments were uh, automated meter reading. So basically it's a truck going through a neighborhood, collecting that information. So now you're seeing many uh, utilities now look at advanced metering infrastructure. And mm -hmm. you, you'll see a solicitation every week from, from utilities throughout North America so, you know, they all want to pivot to, to that new technology. But as, as Rick had mentioned, some of the challenges is really understanding, are you going to pick the right technology? And then also, once you pick the right technology, do you have the ability to manage that data? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to optimize your system or, or increase reliability of your system? So that's really where, where consultants like GHD uh, Digital come in. We'll establish a, ro a roadmap initially. And we'll use some of our digital solutions to tell clients exactly where they need to start uh, through some of our solutions. And then everything that we do really is really connected through that roadmap. So we'll help identify underperforming meters, know where we need to start with those installations. And then we'll start getting into the distribution system, looking at pipes. How do you manage your pressure? How do you manage your leaks? How do you improve water quality? So through this roadmap that we initially developed for, for cities and utilities, really sets us apart from, from our competitors because, again, it shows where you need to start. It really explains why you're starting right. and then shows that that vision of where you would like to be five, 10 years from now. So are there challenges with getting this information from the utilities so we can assist them with the developing this roadmap for them? I mean, talk a little bit about that. I got to imagine there's some there. <laughs> I'm going to defer to Rick on, on Rick, that. Rick, what do you think? It can be, and, and you'll come across, so uh, just as a tiny aside, um, we also do <clears throat> water audits for uh, California agencies. I live in California. Um, so, you know, e everybody that has over 3000 connections is required to do a water audit. So when you do that water audit, you look at their data and you, and, and you just realize how inaccurate that data can be and how hard it can be to get the data. Mm -hmm. um, and if you talk about internationally, um, in Qatar, we're, we're doing water loss and meter work there. It's almost impossible to get data. And they'll tell you, hey, we're going to get you our data. Even in Saipan, that's happening also. But it's the accuracy of that data. And I think that's where our digital practice comes, comes into play. Because we can take that data, we can look at it, and we can determine how that data is inaccurate. I mean, you have to have accurate data before you start these projects. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it works out, it takes time. And then we look at all the data to see, and we have enough experience to know uh, kind of how that data is, is inaccurate, if that makes sense. And we can help them to, you know, clean that up before they start. And that's another reason uh, that is positive in going to AMI. Because whether it's having all your um, your distribution system and everything uh, GPS, you know, so you know where everything is, um, from valves to hydrants, um, th that also when you go to AMI, that also happens as well. Uh, when so you're installing meters, you're GPSing, you know, the coordinates and where those meters are, rather than just having things what they call georeferenced, which is just based on an address. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it sounds like sounds like there's opportunities to help utilities yep. with just getting their data collection 
uh, house in order, so to speak, because then they can have, you know, an opportunity to have somebody like us come and, and re, you know, assess that information and that data and analyze it and have, you know, a more informed decision on where is the best uh, way to, or what is the best way to, to deploy AMI, where, where that we see inefficiencies, things like that. So even if they even don't go down the AMI path, it sounds like there's a service just to get them to get their data in, in order. Is that, is that, is that accurate? Fair to say? Sean. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say one more thing. And, and also when you look at all that, it, it can help determine some of the smaller agencies, you know, maybe they don't go to uh, an AMI, maybe they just stick with an AMR because they have areas, there's some disadvantaged communities kind of where I live, where they want their guys out in the field, looking at those meters and looking right. around and, because people will go in and, and um, you know, mess with the meter. They'll, there's all kinds of things like that. But anyway, go ahead, Freddie. I was just going to mention, you know, the other challenges that utilities have. And we go through this process when we, we do the, the cost benefit analysis uh, and these AMI feasibility studies for our clients. But really, when you look at an organization uh, like a utility, you know, some of the information we, we need may be in billing. Other information is in customer service planning, you know, operation and maintenance. So that's the other challenge too, is, is, you know, we hear this all the time about breaking down those data silos because a lot of these cities and utilities store that information in different silos. And that's, you know, the other main point too, you know, how we could help uh, clients is that it's really, you know, breaking down those silos and sharing that data because, you know, they may not move forward with an AMI solution, but if that data is being shared, understanding again where water is being used, why it's being used, you know, the, the problems they had from a maintenance perspective. If all that was shared and they all had one common, you know, visibility or, or source of truth, it would help improve operations, collaboration within within a utility. Gotcha. So yeah, that's a, sorry, one more, one more thing. That's an interesting um, take that Freddie's talking about because there's agencies, uh, one that we're working with right now down near Riverside, where all the departments are very cohesive. They work together, they meet together, um, they share all their information and, and it really works well where there's other agencies where they, they just, you know, this, this department's over there and this department's over here. They don't really share the data. So if there's a guy out in the field and he's updating, uh, who knows, a customer service line or something, the other, de- a, a different department, maybe the GIS department, doesn't ever get that information that that, that pipe was, was upgraded and replaced. And so then when you're asking these agencies for that data, you're getting, you know, it's not apples, you know, to apples, it's apples to kiwi or something, you know, where <laughs> we're just kind of like going, well, this says this and this says this. And right. part of what we do, though, in our feasibility and business case is to, you know, scrub all that and to figure all that out. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when we talked about creating basically a digital twin of a utilities infrastructure, you know, so maybe talk a little bit, Freddie, like how has GHD helped utilities in that space, assisting with the development of a quote unquote digital twin of the utility system and how that connects to potentially a platform of some sort that, you know, that they may need to use or, or does it work that way? Or do we have to do it in a platform systems that they end up adopting? So talk a little bit about how that process works or so, if we're doing that service. 
Yeah, so we, we do provide that service. And again, it's it's through a visioning or a road mapping for an AMI system. So, you know, not only do we help out with, with the uh, helping utilities understand it, the technology and, mm-hmm. you know, whether they should invest in it or not and looking at the benefits of it. The other thing that we provide is a roadmap. And like I mentioned before, is like, where, where do you start? Um, and what are the really true benefits of this? Obviously, we all know it's going to enhance customer experience, but how does it empower and enable my, my staff to do a better job? So through, through this roadmap, we start showing the different connections. It's about people, data, and processes. So as we start connecting all this, utilities start recognizing, okay, you know what? This is a lot of information. There's a lot of ways to connect the dots. How am I going to get it all into one central location? Right. And you're starting here, you know, a lot of utilities and cities talk about digital twins. And so part of our, our planning process and the way we approach AMI, again, it's always, we, we'll talk about AMI 2.0 or going beyond AMI. And it's really about how do we optimize operations within a utility? And it all goes back to creating this digital twin. Like I mentioned before, that digital twin gives you the ability to understand what's going on now, predicting what may happen. If something does happen, what do you do? And all that is, is part of this approach in, in, in this roadmap. Again, if you were to look at it, we talk about meters, we talk about pipes, we talk about pressure management, water quality, energy optimization. We even talk about how we tie all that into a hydraulic model, making it dynamic versus static. So not only do, can you use it for planning, now you can use it for operations. But all that feeds into a centralized smart water platform. Yes. And again, that creates that, that digital twin for the utility. And as I mentioned before, all this is, is really derived from that roadmap that we would create for a client. So we can, we can do some of the digital twinning type uh, development for utilities, take their information and create that model for them, uh, which is a great, you know, added, uh, you know, I mean, that's a great service because, you know, now they can make informed decisions and know what's going on. Um, when does GHD support like the deployment of platforms? Like, do we help do implementation of the actual software that's, you know, that might be selected or is that done by the, the software provider? So we, we provide that service too. Obviously we, we we're agnostic in the industry. So our thing is, is about bringing the best in class to our mm-hmm. clients. So, you know, we do work with, with various vendors right now and software providers and smart water platforms. But again, it's really understanding the client's need and the best fit. So we have the ability to, to evaluate the, the platform based on client's criteria or our, our criteria. But again, it's always about bringing best in class and then also being mindful of the budget or, or the, the appetite, financial appetite the client may have in, in looking at a platform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would also say to that, um, that we kind of act in terms of the agency of the utility, we kind of act as an extension of them during the whole process and the whole project. Um, and, and part of that is you're getting these reads that are coming in and we're doing a small one in uh, down in central California that's um, finishing up. So it's about 6,000 meters. And one of their things was like, I'm, you know, I used to get one meter read a month. Now I'm getting one every 15 minutes. What am I, what do I do with all this data? And we have over the installation project, uh, the the time period of that, we've shown them how to, you know, have that data coming in. It has to be um, transferred into um, a type of CSV file that can be used to the billing system. And typically the vendor 
is not going to help with that portion of it. But um, having it in this certain format allows them to do that. And we, and we help them with that. And then we help them from everything from acting as a go-between, you know, with the vendor, with the installation contractor and with the, with the utility. So we kind of act as a buffer because there's always going to be issues that come up. You know, you have an installation contractor that's out there with a, using, you know, a monkey wrench on, um, on a pipe and the pipe gets twisted. Well, whose fault is that? And who, 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 who is responsible for that? And we can help with that. You know, so, we can do those things. This podcast is supported by GHD Digital. GHD Digital has over 600 employees globally supporting its clients with advanced metering infrastructure design and implementation services, mixed reality and digital engineering services that help decision-making through the development of 3D conceptual site models, EHS compliance software helping clients manage their waste and circular economy programs, digital automation services, regenerative AI services, and so much more. To learn more about GHD Digital, check out their website at www.ghd.com. So when we think about, you know, you mentioned earlier, hey, it's all a lot of this AMI is about customer experience type stuff. And I, and I agree, it's it's a huge component of it, right? But at the end of the day, the utility is like, how much is this going to cost me? How much money am I saving? How much efficiencies can I put into the system? We want the customers to be happy. But we we got to we got to do if we're going to do this, we need we got to know that we're going to one save save water, make money, and it's not going to cost us an arm and leg to do this. So talk about, you know, how, you know, we are helping them understand the ROI and how long does it take to recoup the cost of the investment before they're starting to really see benefits? So that's, that's something, and keep going to the roadmap that we have, and it's, it's, it's divided into five or different, five or six different stages. So when, when we look at return on investment, and again, depending on, it really depends on how many meters they're looking to, to convert. You know, is it, is it 500,000 meters, 100,000 meters, or is it 6,000 meters? Do you want to do them all at one time? You want to do it over, you know, two year, five year period, right. or do you stretch it over a, uh, you know, 10 year period? Right. Um, really, that's how we, we help our clients, first of all, is really understanding, you know, the, 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 the money it's going to take to make this investment. And do you really need to do it all at one time? If not, could you phase it? And that's where our, some of our digital tools comes in. Like I mentioned, meter analytics. We have the ability to look at all meters at one time, understand which ones are underperforming and how much money you're losing. By understanding that, then we could say, okay, you do, if you want to change out 300,000 meters, really these are the first 50,000, 100,000 you need to focus on based on the, the amount of water that, you, that you're losing or revenue that you're losing from that. Um, and then the other thing that we do, you, you know, you mentioned about realizing and, and, and uh, the, the return on investment, how quickly that happens. So when you look at the roadmap that we provide, we talk about the initial beginning. You know, where do you want to start? What's the vision of your AMI system? And then we start the planning phase. How long is it going to take to, to, to deploy these meters? You know, when do you uh, set up your communication network? When do you start that software integration? And then as we're doing all that, you start do a, a soft launch. You start maybe putting in 10,000, 20,000 meters, depending on how much meters you're looking to deploy ultimately. You do a soft launch and you start realizing some of the benefits. Your, your customers will start using the portal. 
you start enhancing that portal. If there's not enough participation, why not? Do we have to do it in another language that they get greater participation? And then the other thing too, once that information starts coming in, you know, how do we start using it to empower and enable our, our, our employees to, to optimize operations, start saving on energy and, and, and other things like that, and maintenance. And then once we go through that, then we start transitioning from a reactive utility to a proactive utility utility. So now we're used to the AMI system. We're getting some of the benefits. We're getting some of that return on investment. Now we're going to be a truly uh, AMI enabled utility. And then, then we look one more stage and how do we continue to modernize that system? So again, we're always taking into fact that this is a major investment initially, but also how do you how do you generate and not ensure that you don't leave any any money on the table when you do do this investment? But the other thing that we do also in in in, re, in regards to return on investment, we're always looking at other ways to generate revenue from these AMI systems. Yeah, you know, no, that, that's great. That's great. I mean, I gotta imagine the, in, being in the utilities position, selecting a partner to help them walk through this process, especially if it's new to them. And they don't really have a lot of experience. I mean, they're doing old school. It's got to be pretty daunting. Uh, you know, wouldn't you agree? I, yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. And, you know, typically, and, and we, we go through this process all the time. You know, obviously, there's the request for, for qualifications, request for proposal. But, you know, most utilities, like with any, any major investment, and, and this is what's unique about this investment or this project, is that it touches every business unit within a utility organization. Unlike you're building a pipeline or a new water plant, AMI truly touches every business unit. So, uh, you know, being mindful of that, when we go through this process and utilities, again, are, are well acquainted with RP, RFP, RFQ process, what they're looking for is, you know, does the company really have the credibility and experience and really understand the water industry and the AMI industry well? Um, the other thing too, you know, are they bringing in innovation, uh, not just the same old thing? Uh, you know, there's a lot of clients that, that do invest in AMI systems. And then a year, two years after that, that initial deployment, they're not truly uh, realizing the benefits that were initially calculated. So that's something that we really look at is, you know, we want to ensure that these outcomes are going to happen. So, you know, we, we also structure the, the RFP, RFQ process differently when we're the owner's rep. So not only do we just look at technical qualifications, and that's what the industry's done the past 15 years. If you were to look at, at a typical solicitation for an owner's rep, which would be like GHD, basically the, the previous consultant will cut and paste. And it's all about specs on the communication network, specs on, on the meter, specs on outreach. But in reality, like I said, when we write our RFPs, RFQs, we're really looking for that, that creative uh, perspective, the innovation what else can you do? How else can the, the, the client benefit? Uh, so we don't limit, you know, the the thinking just to, to, to meet the requirements. It's also explain to us how you're going to meet them now and in the in the future. Gotcha, gotcha. And if I could just add one thing to that, I think the difference with GHD um, also is that you know being a global firm, obviously. And we have so many different capabilities. Uh, some of the people, some of the other um, uh, consulting firms that we go against, you know, this is all they do. They do water meters and AMI implementation, whereas we can come in 
And we can do, we have asset management, uh, right? Because asset management is a huge part of an AMI system, I think, and, and yeah. going to AMI. Uh, we have engineering, we have uh, construction management. We can, we can help them with, um, with replacing customer service lines because those can be put in um, poorly and those have leaks. And we can, we, sometimes when you start putting the meters in, you can, you can find out that all your customer service lines are bad in certain areas, depending on what material they use or how it was installed. And we can help design that. We can help oversee the installation and we can help with all those areas also. So I think that's a big plus. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, and all the analytics behind, uh, you know, digital analytics, but that, that's got to be a huge, you know, capability that maybe the competitors aren't, you know, offering along with the digital twin development. Um, it just seems like if, so I'm thinking, you know, you've got a, you've got a utility system, you know, I really want to get into AMI, but I don't know that I could go all the way, you know, like I, I don't think I can, you know, really deploy five or 6,000 units, but what if they were to say, you know, because I'm thinking not all valves or meters are the same. What if they had like, you know, big, you know, uh, junction meters like, you know, hey, you know, in the trunk line, I've got a meter here and I can get real time here and I can start to dissect regions of my, of my uh, you know, neighborhoods, but maybe not at the individual, you know, level. Is there value in that type of a strategy to, you know, you know, step into it in a stepwise process over time? versus the whole enchilada at once. And, and, and there is, Sean, so I, and I'm sure Rick will add to this. So, you know, and it's well known in the industry, a lot of your water loss and a lot of the revenue that you're, you're, you're not capturing really come from your large meters. Mm-hmm. So okay. yep. typically, you know, we'll, we'll advise our clients, maybe focus on your, on your large meters first and okay. do some analytics just to see how they're performing. And then, you know, the, the other thing too is, is as we start looking at, at different areas within the city with their limited budget, again, using analytics, we know exactly which meters underperforming. So, you know, it, it, and, and, and one thing I didn't mention is that, we, you know, that analytic also has the expecting, expected remaining useful life of that meter. So again, by having that information and, and understanding the client's budget, you know, obviously we know where we need to start and then, basing, you know, those meter retrofits or replacements based on, on that uh, data analytic uh, solution that we have. But one, one thing I want to stress is that, yeah, we, we can phase it, but ultimately, like I said, at some point, they, they're going to need to, to go full, full deployment for the entire city to get real benefit from this. So we talk about AMI and, and we're talking about what it is, but it sounds like there's a new version of it coming out, this AMI 2.0. You know, how, how are utilities leveraging AMI 2.0 or even going beyond AMI, you know, Freddie? I mean, we're, I mean, we're kind of weaving some of these points in, but can we be more specific here in this part of the discussion? Yeah, so, you know, actually we've been talking about it the past 40 minutes, but when, when you look at, <laughs> at, yeah, at AMI 1.0, it was all about better meter reading and better mm-hmm. billing. and. Yeah providing some information to the customer. But now we got the two-way stuff and it's, yes. it's a game changer with all the other sensor yeah. capabilities. And that's what we're talking about. Exactly. It, it's, it's, we still want to enhance that customer experience, but now it's really shifting on the operational side. How do we enable and gotcha. empower staff to, to get value from the AMI system? But really, how do we leverage that AMI system to get greater visibility and control of our distribution system? So really that's what that AMI 2.0 is. Gotcha. Well, 
how is GHD Digital disrupting the AMI industry? I, I'll provide some quick examples here, and I, you know I'll have uh, uh, Rick chime in. But you've been hearing us talk a lot about this meter analytic uh, solution, and it's really a disruptor in, in the industry because, again, in, in the past when you would do cost benefit analysis, you would use historical data from from the city, three five years of information, and you would make these conservative estimates and projections. You know what the payoff may be, the payback, and how long it would be. By actually using analytics, and, and, and again, this is uh, an algorithm that's been trained, we, we now know exactly how well those, those meters are performing, how much wa water is being lost, how much revenue is being unaccounted for, and then remaining useful life. So that's one way we, we're disrupting the, the industries by using analytics to, to really pinpoint where we need to start. The other thing that we're working on too, and, and Rick's been part of this, is that we're using visual analytics or computer vision. So, so basically what, what happens is that when, when uh, a city elects to move forward with an AMI system, a, the contractor, the vendor will go out and install these meters. And the contractor is required to document everything about that meter. So they, they take photographs of the old meter, they'll write down the, the old register uh, reading on the old meter and then they'll take photographs of the new installation. Um, so part of, of being a consultant or trusted advisor for utilities, they, they would hire us to oversee the, the program, but then also we do quality uh, control checks out in the field. And again, if we're talking about 100, 200,000 meters, there's no way we could check each one to, to confirm the accuracy of the installation. So now we're taking those photographs that, that, that the contractor takes and we're training the, the algorithm to say, okay, these photographs are bad installations and these are good installations. Yeah. So now on new projects, when we have all these photographs, we will feed them into this, this algorithm. And basically it's going to denote which ones are questionable or which ones are installed incorrectly. So now we have the ability to not only QC 100% of the meters, now we, we can hone our, our inspection resources a lot better versus just randomly selecting two, 5% of the metering population we can go where, where the issues really are. Gotcha. Yeah. I would just, I would just add to that, that, you know, um, incorrectly can mean many different things. Freddie was, was, um, was saying it could be as simple as, you know, not, um, tightening the meter spuds, um, enough. The water is leaking out, out of that. You may not know about that depending on where you live and how the water flows. Maybe the water just goes straight down, maybe and it doesn't surface. It could go on for for a couple of years because now you're not looking in that meter box anymore because you're it's being read by AMI. So you could go two years without opening a meter box and looking at the meter. Um, and and the other thing it, that 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 it can be is that um, this happened to us and we did a project in San Bruno and the you know meter a it needs to be installed on house a well if you put meter a on house b um and you're not checking that that could go because you have you have two houses they're using about the same amount of water and one one house is using extraordinarily extra amount it may go on for a while and you're billing house a for customer b's water and that was happening and that and we didn't figure that out until it was a summer vacation and one of the houses was gone for three months and they came back and said, wait a minute, we didn't use any water. And that's how we figured that out. Well, and like 
I could see yeah. that be a problem. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and maybe it's not a huge, you know, you're talking, you know, dollars or tens of dollars, but if you're, if, um, you know, it's just, it's just the confidence of the customer. Also, you'd be right. like, you don't know where my meters is, is located, but you're billing me for a meter. That's not my meter. I mean, so it, it, again, customer relations is, is important with that. Well, I mean, just think if you live in a duplex or a quadplex or something like that, right? I mean, do, do yeah. the meters, do, you know, are they designed to, you know, have that much definition in at the, uh, the meter box where this apartment here has got his and, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, Did you know E-Tank is the only environmental rental equipment company in the industry that offers a 100% certified clean guarantee at no additional cost? Well, this gives customers the peace of mind knowing that container contents from the previous renter isn't going to cross-contaminate the contents of the current customer and potentially cause liability concerns. You know, E-Tank also provides a one-of-a-kind complete maintenance program for all its rental items, including liquid-tight roll-off containers, fluid transfer pumps, and filtration system components. To learn more about the types of containers and pumps E-Tank supplies, check out their website at www.etank.net. So the next time you are faced with an environmentally challenging project, give E-Tank a call to help solve your problem. It's just that easy. Well, here's a question for you. You know, what is the, what's the like percentage of the type of clients that GHD is working with, you know, versus is it like municipalities or is it, you know, private utilities, you know, kind of, you know, where does it, where, where does that sit for us? Because, you know, some of that seems to be, you know, maybe you have more of an adoption from a private utility on AMI versus a public utility with AMI. I mean, is there any difference there? Do you see any trends in that? So, yeah, most of the work we do are for public utilities. And, you know, for, for private utilities, they have transitioned to AMI a lot quicker than public utilities because obviously they, they're running their, their organization as a business mm -hmm. and they need to make a profit. So it is important that they, they streamline and have the most efficient processes and tools when it's, it's a private utility. Uh, but, but again, like I said, most of the work we do do is on the public sector side. And then what's interesting too, Sean, the, the question that you pose, you know, we're actually looking at some potential projects in, in the state of New York, actually in the Manhattan, New York City area. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, real estate uh, companies now that see the value of AMI and having the ability to have individual meters within their buildings, even on different floors to know how much water is being used, much more efficient they could be because this is all ESG related. So, we're right. also seeing now AMI go into that space too. Right, right. Well, does AMI help with like the whole circular economy strategies of water? So, you know, when, when I look at, at circular economy and, and AMI, really I, I see it three ways. One is about resource efficiency. We've been talking a lot about it, about using water more efficiently, conserving water. But when you, you look at the other aspect of it, when we talked about, you know, manual reads, the, the traditional meter reading process is very wasteful. It's paper-driven. You're driving these routes. So really, when you look at circular economy, there, there's that waste reduction part of it. Because now when you have AMI, you have less trucks rolling out. You have less paper being used. And then the last thing I wanted to mention, too, is really it's the product life cycle uh, or the, the life of that product's being extended. 
So a, a lot of the, the products we've used in the past, you know, had a shelf life, maybe five, 10, 20 years, really depending on, on the product and, and the system that we're talking about. But now that some of these products that we're using in these AMI systems have a sh longer shelf life and require less maintenance. So again, when we talk about circular economy, it's really those three things that really stand out for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's good to hear. Okay. Well, let's do this. Let's go into a little bit of a, a lightning round, so to speak. We're kind of getting towards the end of the, the, the interview here and we've had such a great conversation and I know we could go a lot longer because my mind keeps thinking about questions that I just want to keep pinging you guys, but I think I better just kind of hold back a little bit or we might have to be going way long. Hey, what if, uh, uh, you know, let's see, um, if you're sitting in a utilities shoes, where can GHD Digital provide the biggest value with the digital innovation and technology services we offer? I, I think I think for me, it's really a lot of our competitors, and we do this too, we talk about digital transformation. And that scares a lot of utilities and cities because when you talk about digital transformation, it's about changing the way they operate. And it's new systems, it's new technology, it's, it's big money. So when, if we're sitting in, in, in the chair office of, say, of a director, assistant director, whatever, at a utility, really where we bring the best value, it's about digital optimization. And the difference with that and transform, transformation is that we're focusing on how do we improve your existing processes, your systems, the way you work um, to, to basically enhance it, you know, again, take advantage of technology, new ways of working. But again, it's, it's smaller dollars. It's taking small steps because, again, we talk about digital transformation in, in the water utility. There's a lot of people fear, fearful of it. You, know, you lose your job. It's really complicated. But when we talk about digital optimization, everybody wants to do that. Everybody's focused on how do we maximize our OPEX, our operation and maintenance spend. Right. How can we make that better? Because, um, you know, when you see the federal dollars and state dollars, there's, there's less and less money for these major capital investments. So everybody's focused on OPEX. So it, when, again, the, the best value that we can provide through our services is focused on digital optimization versus transformation. Well, it kind of probably leads to this next question, though, is where, where do you see the biggest opportunities in the market over the next five years? So I, I'll let Rick answer after I do, but really, I think the biggest thing, and you hear this over and over, whether it's, it's private industry mm -hmm. or public in, uh, industry or sector, it's about customer enhancement or customer experience. Everything is going to be customer centric. So really, that's where the biggest opportunity is for a water utility is understanding their clients better, being able to meet the needs when they, they have that need. So, for example, I may get on the website and I want to click a button and say, hey, what's going on in my backyard? Yeah. You know, again, that's the customer expectation now and in the future. So that's really where I see the biggest, uh, I guess, space in the market that, that needs to be addressed in the next five years is really how do we take advantage of the technology, the process and tools that we have to enhance that customer experience? Because, again, you see it on, on the, the private sector side. Amazon's probably the best one. It's predicting what I'm going to order. You should send me texts and emails about what I, I should be looking at next. That's the way a government should be in, in five, 10 years from now is really anticipating that next need of customers. Sure, sure. Rick? Well, I was just going to add that, you know, the whole smart city thing, you know, if you look at the Laura Wan technology or a couple other different technologies, you can use, cities are, are using that 
um, to, you know, estimate um, or predict uh, streetlights. They're using it to determine if a garbage can, uh, a dumpster is full enough to have to send a guy out to empty it. Well, what, you know, because you're on a regular schedule and you're picking that dumpster up every every week. Well, what if it's only a third full every week? Why, why send somebody out to, to, to empty that? And the, the technology that is tied with and to AMI can help with that. In our, in our, as simply as helping you to determine the best times to use your washer and dryer. There's all kinds of things like that. And I think that's where it's going. And that's the exciting part. And I think that's w- what people want, you know. What what I think you're right, and and another another area I was thinking about is what about water quality? I mean, with these meters themselves as well, like you know, oh my hardness in my water is this. You know, you need to update and maybe uh, increase your water softener at the house. I mean, what if the 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 customer had alerts on that uh, to to support the the water utility? I mean, are we thinking that that's where this is going beyond as well? I, so, so two things there, Sean, is, yeah, there is a trend for utilities to get into the, the house and take advantage of the, those smart water devices or smart devices in a home. Like Rick had mentioned, you know, imagine, you know, five years from now, you, you want to put clothes into a washer and it's going to tell you now's the, the wrong time to do it because of the water demand and en- energy tariff. Here's the best time to do it. But going back to your question about water quality, it's really about from the house into the actual utility system. So as I mentioned before, there there are products out there now, water meters that have the ability to to measure temperature and pressure. So there's utilities like the city of Houston, uh, there's some utilities in Tennessee looking at this, is how do we correlate the temperature that's being registered by these residential meters into water age? And for example, of water age, which really equals water quality, if it starts exceeding 48 hours, 72 hours, based on this intelligence, how do we automate the flushing of our system to ensure water quality uh, is maintained and that level of service is being maintained? Yeah. So those are some of the things that are happening within the industry. No, oh, that's, that's great. That's great. Well, the last question I had for you guys, I was going to throw out there was, you know, in your opinion, who, who's got, you know, some of the best AMI technology in this space right now that we as a, as a consultant would recommend? I mean, I think listeners are going to go, you know, we're talking all this great platform stuff and these tools, but like, who are these people? We don't know. So tell us, what do you think? I'm going to defer to Rick on that question. <laughs> well, well, I think you have to look at the, the big players, right? The Neptune, the, the, um, the census, the badger, they, they've always been there and they're always going to be uh, stable and they're always going to be good products. Um, but then you also have, um, other companies, Camstrap and Deal and even Metron Fournier and Master Meter, they're kind of, they don't have as big of a slice of the pie, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like, do you want to buy a Ford or maybe you want to buy a Rivian, you know, the new, the new truck coming out. But um, I think you have to go into the agency and what we do during our feasibility study is we take a look at all the technologies. We'll look at eight to 10 different technologies and determine what the best you know, maybe the best fit would be for that agency. But right. you can't just come in and say, and, and their other consulting firms will do this. They'll say, well, here's a list of them all. This is what we think is the best one. Well, one has cellular, um, a cellular reading capability. And maybe you don't have, we are actually working one with one in Arizona right now, 
they don't have assets or the height to be able to put up a fixed base system. You have yeah. to have, you know, 70, 80 feet where you can put those towers. Well, they can't do that. So you, you have to look at other technology. And then, um, you know, also what, what is it you're looking for is what Freddie was going into. Are you, are you interested in the leak detection? Are you interested in the, the pressure management? There's going to be one vendor right now that's better than another vendor. And so, you know, you can always talk about the, the big players that, like I said, the Neptune, the Badger, the Sensor, but you have to, you have to look at all of them and see what fits that utility the best. And I think that's when you have a relationship with that utility and you're working with them on their business case and their feasibility from the very beginning to the end of the project, you know, you, um, or at least till to procurement when you're going to go out to bid for the vendor, uh, you learn what they want and what they what they can handle and and how to move forward with that. Gotcha. Well, Sean, Sean, one last thing I want to mention in closing here is, you know, from my perspective, and you look at the future, it's just, it's about static meters. So there's mechanical meters that have moving parts, which has been traditionally in the industry, but really, you know, a, a lot of the, the names, including Mueller, are, are offering you know these these static meters. And really, the, the future is a meter that has the ability to, to, to obviously read water consumption, but also temperature, pressure, vibration, whatever it is, and have the ability to have that remote shutoff. Really, that's where the future is. So a, a lot of the, the, the AMI vendors that, that we interface with have that ability or are looking to, to, to provide that capability to their clients. So it's having that product, but then also them having the foresight to start connecting to these smart water platforms. And that's really what we look for or the recommendations we make is that vendor's ability to, to, to extend their, their ecosystem to not only just provide that meter or that communication network, but really provide the, a full turnkey system that's going to provide the greatest value to our clients. Yeah. One last question has come to mind, you know, so if you got, if you got a utility who really wants to do this, uh, sometimes these utilities are governed by, you know, a municipality or, or some other government agency that basically says you can only charge this much or you can only do this much. You know, how do you how do you amateurize over a period of time through your calculations? I'm assuming you're doing this that is going to say, hey, we're going to add a technology fee to, you know, your bill to cover these new enhancements that's going to improve your water quality, your, your usage, yada, yada. You know, how do we handle that with them? And, and is that part of this, this exercise with the, the work we do in our consulting services? So really, that's that's a new business model that you're talking about. Uh, you know, in, in the past, that entire risk, the entire cost of that system has been put on the shoulders of, of, of the rate payers and, and, and customers. So we are working with some clients that are being mindful of that. And they're also looking at, at different alternative delivery methods. So, for example, performance contracting, where, uh, again, an energy savings uh, company comes in, says, okay, we'll put the entire system for you in. You don't pay us until you start realizing the benefits of, of that system. So the, the, the utility is really, you know, there's no money out of their pocket. It doesn't impact their CIP. So that's, that's one avenue. And then there's another business uh, model that's called managed meter services, so the same thing, a, a vendor could come in, install all the meters, and basically the, the utility is leasing the, the, the system at, at a discounted price. And then, then there's network as a service where 
a vendor would come in, put in up that put up that two-way communication network or whatever network that they're looking at, and the maintenance, the operation of that system goes back to the, the AMI vendor, and there's a discounted cost to to the city and utility. So you know, there's different ways that utilities are looking to minimize that that impact or that cost to to their customers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot to think through. There's a lot of options here. There's a lot of, you know, players in the market too, that can, you know, provide value or, you know, kind of, you know, control some things that maybe we don't want them to control. (laughs) There's got to be a hook somewhere on some of that too, that you got to be concerned about, right? I I would just add one thing to that also. to what Freddie was saying is that if you can, and some agencies are um, a little reluctant to actually use this, but um, if you can show the you know utility that they're payback and they're going to have more accurate meters, they're going to be able to identify water loss, they may recoup some of those fees. You're not using as much for pumping, for, for chemicals, for sending out into the system. You're not losing your water as much anymore. Um, then you don't have to raise rates. Right. You know, there's that possible possibility also. Right. No, yeah. that's good. Well, look, guys, I really, I really appreciate you guys coming on the show today. Lots of really good uh, conversation around AMI and the value of, of deploying this with utilities. Um, I think we could cover more topics on this over time. And maybe what we'll do is set us up some more time down the road to come back and sure. maybe talk about some use cases where we've helped uh, utilities and I think uh, that would be uh, good for our listeners to hear how things have been implemented. So really appreciate Rick. you coming on the show today, Freddie and Rick. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, I had a great Thank time. You, Thank you, Sean. You bet. Take care. I want to thank our guests, Freddie Gira and Rick Rallier, for coming onto the show today. If you want to learn more about GHD's digital water services, check out their website at www.ghd.com. We'll also put a link to their contact information on my website. To listen to future environmental transformation podcasts, you can check us out on all the major podcast networks or from my website at www.seankgrady.com. And remember, don't forget to follow us and please write a review about this episode. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. Thanks for listening. Until next time, make a positive impact in someone's life today.